RetroSeasons.com for more sports history. From Cleveland, where the Blue Jays are looking to sweep this series against the Indians, they'll be sending out Dave Steve today. For the third time in a row, he's been looking for his 17th win of the season. He'll be facing left-hander Bud Black, who has had great success over the years against Toronto. He has an 11-4 record. Well, those Blue Jays, despite winning three in a row, still haven't picked up any ground on Boston. They trail by six and a half. Now, here's Don Chevrier and Tommy Hunt. Well, Berkey, there's not much you can do when the Red Sox win nine in a row as they have. The definite leader, Dwight Evans, the veteran for the Red Sox. Jays, I guess, can look to Mookie Wilson. And also Fred McGriff, Tommy, for their leadership. Yeah, I think there's no question that the inspirational leader would be Mookie Wilson, but I kind of compare Freddie McGriff, leader by example, to a, a young Andre Dawson with the Montreal Expos. And his example, Fred McGriff, has been good lately. Boy, it sure was last night, five for five, including a home run. They wrap it up today. Stay with us on CTV from Cleveland. Welcome back to Cleveland. Our guest is John Olerud. Earlier this year, all the talk was about John Olerud being the Rookie of the Year, or would it be Sandy Alomar Jr.? John, in your opinion, uh, you've already stated you felt that uh, Alomar really is the front runner right now. Yeah, well, I, I think so, uh, just because, you know, he's done a great job here uh, in Cleveland. He's a position player. He plays every day. Uh, and uh, and he's been hitting the ball good for a good average and uh, you know I, I just think he's definitely got to be the front runner right now and you haven't been playing every day and you're not a position player at least this year right uh, yeah I've just uh, I've been DHing mainly and uh, and usually uh, just hitting against right-handed pitchers so um, uh, you know I would think being in his position he's faced everybody and he's played every day so I would think you know you'd have to give him a lot of credit for the way he's performed Sandy Alomar, John Olerud thinks you should win it. What do you think? Do you think you should? Well, I think that uh, we have to, they have to decide at the end of the season. I can't take anything for granted, and, uh, you know, anything can happen this last month, and uh, it's going to be a really interesting month for the rookies. You know, John Olerud is an outstanding hitter, probably the best hitter out of all the rookies. he got a natural swing, and, uh, you know, the only advantage that I have really is that I'm a catcher, and uh, I'm in a team that... Uh, <clears throat> they needed catching for years, and I'm doing an outstanding job behind a plate and also catching knuckleballs. And, and um, I've been around 280 to 90 all, the whole year, so that probably was going to help me a little bit. Very well spoken. You're watching Lobats Blue Jays baseball on CTV. But Black is uh, back after stiffness in his elbow to get a start against Mookie Wilson, DHing, but still leading off. Tony Fernandez playing shortstop. Kelly Gruber's a third. McGriff, after a great night, cleans up. Bell still missing from the lineup. Borders catching. Glen Allen Hill for Bell in left field. Williams takes Mookie's spot in center while Manny Lee plays second base and Junior Felix stays in right. The defense for the Cleveland Indians, let's go from left to right. Deion James is in left field. Alex Cole, the center fielder. Corey Snyder plays right. Around the infield, veteran Tom Brookins plays third base. Carlos Baerga is the shortstop. Jerry Brown in second. Brooke Jacoby at first base. On the mound, as you mentioned, Bud Black. And behind the plate is Joel Skinner. Joel Skinner, you're catching Bud Black today. 
he has always had such great success against Toronto. 11 and 4 lifetime. Why, in your opinion? Um, he's just a he's a true left-handed pitcher. He's not a thrower. He's not going to try and overpower too many hitters. And uh, and Toronto's always been a, a good fastball hitting ball club, and, and they're aggressive at the plate. And it's just a matter of Bud goes out and pitches his game. And and he could have done that with other teams, and, and it might not have been the same. It's just a matter of coincidence, I guess. But he just goes out and pitches his ball game, and and uh, tries to go with his strengths as much as possible and and uh, from there he just moves the ball around he, he, he really doesn't try and trick anybody he just doesn't he doesn't try and throw the same pitch too many times and and, uh, and keeps the ball out of the middle of the plate rookie Dubuki Wilson a 1-1 cat he's told you before the game Tom he's not quite sure how he's going to go today having missed uh, action since the 20th of August. That's right. In uh, talking about Bud Black listening to Joel Skinner, all that is very well to do if you're in a regular rotation, but it's been a while, about 12 days since his last start. He left that game in the third inning with the tightness in the left elbow against Milwaukee. Here's the menu for today. The first Sunday night game ever at Fenway Park takes place tonight. The Red Sox hosting the Yankees. Boston looking for a 10th consecutive win. Toronto's next opponent, Detroit at Minnesota. And overhead, the planes roar by. The weekend air show here in Cleveland. The Lakefront Airport right next to Cleveland Stadium. So this should make Mookie Wilson feel very comfortable. He's thinking he's at Shea Stadium. Which the Blue Jays are flying half that high. Well, sound reasoning on the part of Cito Gaston, the D.H. Mookie, it's sort of a half day off for him in terms of fielding responsibilities. Williams certainly capable in center field. I suspect you might see more of this as the month goes on. He strikes him out. So a good return for Buddy Black as he fans the first hitter to face him in 12 days. That's one of the many pitches that Buddy Black can throw, just a little fastball that sinks away, and he had Mookie pulling off the pitch. And we talked earlier about Mookie Wilson, his inspirational ability to get the club going and keep the club going. That's why Cito Gaston needs him in the lineup. You see how tough Black's been against the Blue Jays' lifetime. Won his only start this year against them. He shut them out for eight innings, 3 nothing here in Cleveland. And at that time, struck out a season-high seven. And Fernandez knows how effective Black can be. Oh for 9. Or nine for 51 with no home runs is Tony Fernandez. It's Buddy Black. Tommy Craig, the Blue Jays trainer. Trying to keep the players cool. Uh, humidity is the problem. 74 degrees at game time is the temperature. This is all not that hot down to the lake, but to that at field level, it's very warm. Pitches away, it's two and two to Tony. But Black is the type of pitcher that's comfortable for a catcher to get behind the plate and call the game, especially when he's on his control. You can see Skinner moving back and forth from inside and outside to where he wants the pitches, and that's where Black goes. One will go inside, then he moves outside. Probably came up last year with a cut fastball that breaks in on right-handed hitters and jams them. So now he's a five-pitch pitcher. Fastball, slider, curveball, cutter, and change. Throws them all pretty well for strikes. That's filed away. Holding on the full count is Fernandez. Tell you another thing that Bud Black has in his favor with his season this year being a pretty steady season. He was also one of the steadiest starters for Cleveland last year. He'll be a free agent and he's left handed. So he's a premium left handed free agent starting pitcher. 
there's a tree that grows that type of pitcher. I haven't found it. So far, Joel Skinner has had a couple of shots here in the first inning. Right off that mask. That's why they tell catchers, don't turn that head. Keep it squared out and let the ball hit the mask. We were talking last night, you and I watching the game, about how even to warm up between innings, they make catchers wear masks now. There's no hitter in the batter's box, but there's still a chance for injury. Especially when you have to go out and warm up Tom Candiotti, which is what Skinner did last night, not being in the starting lineup. Candiotti with that knuckleball, he made sure he at least took the mask out there between innings. I need an armored suit. At least Fernandez is making Black throw some pitches. He's fouled off four now on this three and two count. Another foul ball. This one a little longer, more menacing into the Indians' dugout or bullpen down there. Battle a pitcher this much, especially early in the ball game, and Black having not started since August 20th, he's throwing a lot of pitches, and that could tell later on in the game. And I'm sure John McNamara and Mark Wiley, Mark Wiley, the pitching coach with Cleveland, they're going to watch him closely as to the number of pitches he throws. The battle continues. You he saw a moment ago. You're getting full value here by the lakefront today. Ball game and air show, two for the price of one. Black may reach that quota against Tony Fernandez. Yes. <laughs> well, if it's work he needs coming back from a 12-day absence, he is getting it. Fernandez taking care of that. Driven to left, and it's a base hit. Bouncing to the feet of Deion James. The one-out single for Fernandez. Can't say enough about those types of at-bats. Pretty good pitch. Black with the fastball down and in. He was just trying to continue with fastballs, not to walk Tony. But Tony battled and fouled some pitches off that were up, pitches that were good pitches for Black. Finally got one in his hitting zone and picked up the base hit. Kelly Gruber now finally showing signs last night of ending his long drought. He had a double and a home run as the Jays won game two in this series, 8-0. That's ball one. This all after Kelly in the previous 10 games had gone at a .079 clip. He loves the Indians. He's hit five home runs off Cleveland pitching this season. Sometimes it takes that to come out of a slump and go up against a ball club that you've had good success against. And for the most part, I talked with Gene Tennis about Kelly Gruber. Most of it was mental. That'll be out of play. And yet you and I watched him in the previous two at-bats before the double and home run last night. Frankly, he looked brutal. He was swinging badly. Yeah, he did. The shoulder pulled off. But see Gino right there saying, keep the front side in. But I think the fact that Kelly had the double and the home run last night, mentally, that's certainly going to get him on the right track. Oh, absolutely. He was really dejected as he would go out the first couple of times and throw his bat down in disgust running to first base. And is with his lead, Brooke Jacoby. A new career over at first base. He has been there eight times now the last couple of weeks for Cleveland, the veteran third baseman. Brookens over at third, the ex-Tiger in the Yankees. A little different look for the Indians in this afternoon ball game. They've rested a few players. John McNamara decided because they've lost, they've lost six in a row here on this homestand to shake things up and get some of the bench players in. 
It's almost as though he said, you guys can't hit. I'm going to empty the bench. Use everybody else instead. Three balls and a strike to Gruber. John McNamara had a tough season, a promising beginning. The Indians threatened for a while, but really had fallen off. And Gruber, overall, has had a magnificent season despite his second-half slump. Second in RBIs at Canseco. Here goes Fernandez. Pitch is high. He'll be there anyway on the base on ball. Here's Fred McGriff next. Fred McGriff, a career high for you. Five hits in last night's ball game. Yeah, Ferg, uh, swinging the bat real well right now. Uh, this whole year has been like an uphill battle. I got off to a slow start, and I've just been trying to battle from there. But uh, last night I seen the ball well, and uh, Candiata has a real good knuckleball, but I was able to stay back and just hit it hard somewhere. And my last at-bat uh, was my best at-bat because I, <laughs> I hit that home run. And a lot of times you don't even get five at-bats in a ball game because you lead the club in walks. Yeah, it's real tough because usually, like you say, uh, I'm usually getting one or two walks a game. So uh, to get five at-bats was real surprising for me. Well, this native of Tampa, many friends and relatives looking in today on Channel 32 in Tampa, Lakeland. Here's the play at second base. Just back in time is Fernandez. That was the reverse turn. A lot of pitchers turn the other way, left-handers, when they go to second base. But Black with the quick turn almost nailed Tony in second. Obviously, the five for five, a career best for one game for McGriff, ties the Blue Jays' record for hits in a game. Yeah. That is a strike, 0-1-2. I'm speaking of scoring. The Jays now 27 runs the last three ball games. That is more than they've scored in the What's previous that, 10 games against Minnesota, the Yankees, Boston, and Milwaukee. It is a feast or a famine for this team. Strike two, a big cut by McGriff. Yeah, it's been a crazy year, and that's where you run into problems when you have those streaks. You like to keep it steady, and Fred talked about earlier in the year struggling, but with those 29 home runs, you see where he ranks, and only Ricky Henderson ahead in the on-base percentage. It's tight. One and two. You know, as players are, though, Freddie's standing around the batting cage prior to the ball game, getting ready to take some swings and BP. You know what he was talking about? His stolen base last night. Had five hits, had a home run, but he was talking about his fifth stolen base of the year. That was the icing on his cake. <laughs> Up in the center field, Alex Cole is there. Back to tag is Fernandez. He'll show a little stutter step and get back to second base. Two gone. Tell you, the fans here in Cleveland are very excited about Alex Cole, and I think he demonstrated right there that he can do more than just run and steal bases. He has a strong arm. He got rid of that ball quickly. Tony was thinking about maybe going to third, but maybe just a bluff to get a look at Alex Cole's arm. And you can see he came up in the Cardinal organization, went over to the Padres, and there's that strong arm, demonstrated 19 assists in 88. They don't think you'll hit much for power, but for average, he has here at 333. You're looking at the catcher, Pat Borders, having a career season. It's 14 home runs and 293 average. Hitting with two out and two on here in the Blue Jay first inning, looking for a sweep in Cleveland. One and one. With the Red Sox playing that night game tonight, as you mentioned, the first night game ever at Fenway Park, they're playing the New York Yankees. The Blue Jays need to win this game just to 
to send their message, be it maybe a, a slight message to Boston that they're still in this race. Air ball boy, third base side. Boston, meantime, sending a message right back to the Blue Jays. We don't expect to lose. Is that a ball girl down there? I glanced too quickly. My apologies. <laughs> James Dabaline takes the fly ball from Borders to end the inning. Jays get a base hit and a walk, but nothing more from Buddy Black. And you're watching Levant's Blue Jays baseball on CTV. Dave Steve, still searching for that elusive 17th win, goes for it today against this Cleveland lineup. The speed of Alex Cole off the top. Jerry Brown right behind him. Deion James in left field. DHing today, Ken Phelps. Told you they've changed the lineup drastically, although Jacoby stays at first base. Carlos Baerga goes to shortstop. Corey Snyder's in right, but Tom Brookins plays third, and catching in place of Alomar is Joel Skinner. Let's look at the defense for the Jays. Probably the speediest of outfields. Glenn Allen Hill in left, Ken Williams in center, Junior Felix the right fielder, Gruber and Fernandez on the left side, Manny Lee at second base, Fred McGriff behind the as at first Pat Borders will catch and looking for that 17th win is Dave Steve. Galen Cisco Dave Steve is coming off a loss against Milwaukee. What did he do wrong in that game. Well actually uh, the game wasn't that bad. He left the game after seven innings uh, losing four to two. I think that uh, you know coming off the game against Boston uh, which he had great stuff. I don't think his breaking ball was quite as sharp as it was against the Boston Ball Club and I think he really needs to keep the breaking ball down a little bit better located a little better away from right handers and in on left handers. Well, Steve lost his last game start 6-2 against Milwaukee August the 28th. That was his previous bid for 17th win. And uh, he struck out 90, walked 50. He's having a whale of a season, 20 wins certainly in line for him. A little adjustment with the rising bag. They've had to put it behind the rubber. It was even with the pitching rubber. Steve is three and three in this ballpark over his career. He has had five no decisions. Many of the heartbreaking variety from Blue Jay bullpens of bygone days. Losing leads he had built. The thing that Steve is really concentrating on today, talked to him about it in the clubhouse prior to the game, is, is his release point. He said he's been laying the ball out a little bit too far, not getting on top. When he does that, he doesn't get the movement that he wants on the fastball, and he gets more of a roll on the breaking ball instead of the sharp fighter. Pitches outside to Cole, who at the major league level has learned how to steal bases more successfully. Also learned how to heat a hit. In 1990 with Las Vegas AAA with Colorado Springs, he barely was safe on two out of four. I mean, 50 percent success rate. Here he's 23 and four, and he's on base for Jerry Brown. Well, the Indians get what they want. They get the speedy Alex Cole at first, and Dave Steve certainly didn't want to start the game by walking Cole. Well, Brown, the only player left from that, O'Brien, McDowell, Julio Franco left here in Cleveland that is. Gets some speed to Brown as the Indians leadoff hitter when Cole is not in the lineup against left-handed pitching. 
Jerry Brown's going to try to be patient here because he wants to make Dave Steve work. He just walked the leadoff man. He hadn't shown real good control. They'd be surprised too if Cole takes off. Now he could, but when a pitcher's struggling, if you take off, all of a sudden the catcher nails you at second base, the momentum changes. But with Cole's ratio, he's had pretty good success rate. He may go anyway. Steve's throw made it close. shortened up his lead yeah. after almost being picked off and in his own mind he may be saying I was picked off he shortened things up good arm great speed and the five stolen bases we talked about came against the Kansas City Royals he stole third twice in that game first base umpire Jim Evans almost rang Cole up he started to move his right arm. See if you can see his motion. He should have rung him up. See him? He starts to move back with the right arm and then gave the safe call. So a little indecision on Jim Evans's part. This is the same crew that was so maddening for fans watching the Red Sox and Blue Jays with some pretty inconsistent calls both ways last weekend at the Sky Dome. Tell you what, this is probably the best right-handed move that Alex Cole has seen. And the key for Dave Steve, Dave has quick action with his feet. He's able to turn and get something on the throw over to first. Inside it's 2-0. Oh. Order set to throw and it popped out of his hand instead. Alex Cole had a pretty good teacher though when he was coming up in the Cardinals organization. There was a time where the Cardinals had hoped <coughs> to have Vince Coleman, Willie McGee and Alex Cole in their outfield. Well he said Vince Coleman used to talk to him about stealing bases. And Coleman, I think most people know at this point, leads the National League with 77 steals. Well, the 23 that Cole has has taken him 35 games to do what Mookie Wilson has taken all season to do. There he goes. Should have him. Yes. Good throw by Borders. Steve, not that easy to steal off as young Cole just discovered. And I think some people might say, why do you keep throwing over and over to first base? That's why. He may have gotten that hand in there, though. The reason being, we saw Cole shorten his lead a little bit because Dave Steve almost got him at first base. Because he had to shorten it up, it was just enough to allow Pat Borders to get a good, strong throw on and get him at second base. Now, finally, he can get back to his hitter, Brown. Now it's two and two now. And this is how things can change around. What I mentioned before, your Dave Steve struggled with control. Now all of a sudden there's one out. He's back with a strike and he has the count even to Jerry Brown. Because having Watt call with a speed threatening at first base, he had no chance to find a groove and get the strike zone back against his hitter Brown. Now he can. 
high in the strike zone. It's a pop-up for Kelly Gruber. He'll give way to Fred McGriff, third base over to first base, either side of the mound. Dave out there trying to direct a little traffic. He had the entire infield converging on the mound area. Looked around. I think he first called for Kelly Gruber, and then Kelly gave way to Fred McGriff. Look at the infield. Everybody but Tony Fernandez. And then Dave pulls away to allow McGriff. You see Pat Borders peel off. Pat saw first base vacant, decided he better get over there just in case the ball's dropped. This is Deion James up next. They got him from Atlanta for Odomi McDowell, and James has hit Dave Steve as well as any American League pitcher. He's hitting 279 overall, but against Steve, he's gone 368, 7 for 19. 2 0. Indians will use James in the second and third spot. He's hitting third today. Little check swing. Fernandez will charge the ball and get him. That'll do it. One complete in Cleveland. Steve gets out of a little mini problem. Scoreless after one. Levance Blue Jays baseball on CTV. Glenn Allen Hill, even though you're getting your base hits, you seem to be a little frustrated. I notice you're always going over talking to tennis after every at bat. Well, yeah, he's um, he's a great batting coach, and um, you know, like right now, I'm 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 really frustrated, and um, I'm not happy with the way I'm swinging. And um, after um, every at bat, he he kind of tells me what I do wrong, and so the next time I try to make an adjustment. This is the seventh game in a row that he has started. Five in left field, two as a DH in place of George Bell, whose eye problem lingers on. It really hasn't improved a great deal. He's still blurry in that eye with water behind the retina. And Hill, the more it bats and the more play he gets, just improves every day. Yeah, this should be a great learning experience right now for Glenn Allen, getting the opportunity to get those at bats and then talk a little bit with Gene Tennis. You saw that. Gino's never idle on the bench, always with a bat talking to some hitter. Takes it outside, two and one. It'll be Hill, Ken Williams, the center fielder, and Manny Lee here in the Blue Jays second. Two and two. That's where a batting coach almost has to be a psychology major because to some part it is physical but there's a lot of mental involvement with hitting and being successful in hitting a lot of times Gino just talks to the hitters tries to get their head back in the game and get them going in the right way that that way Hill is one for six in his brief run against Buddy Black lifetime Chicago White Sox still trailing Oakland hoping they can make up the difference five and a half games in September in Friday Saturday and Sunday at the Sky Dome latter two games on CTD but Bobby Thigpen of the White Sox picked up his 46th save last night that ties the major league record set by Dave Rigetti he has enough time to shatter it for the month left should be over 50. Holding on the full count is Hill. This will be the largest crowd in quite a while here, I would think. Certainly the largest crowd this weekend. And probably 40 to 50% are Blue Jay fans. 
We have come here in great numbers for the weekend series of the Labor Day holiday. Glenn Allen Hill gets punched out. That's the second strikeout for Bud Black. Good pitch to hit right there for Glenn Allen. A fastball by Black. Glenn Allen will go back and he'll tell Gene Tennis, I'd like to see a few more of those pitches. That was a good one. Next up, Kenny Williams. He was ejected for what apparently was a very uh, mild comment. Dale Ford, mild by standards, in the second inning of Friday night's game. And you know what? According to the way Dale Ford is positioned as the second base umpire, he's trying to stay as far away from Kenny Williams as possible. <laughs> Look at him. He's in shallow center field. Get a better shot of the air show from there. One ball on two strikes to Williams, hitting just 150. 180 is a Blue Jay. Two and two. We're going back to face his former teammates, the Tigers. James will go by bus over the three hours of interstate into Detroit tonight. Unusual trip for them. Start that series tomorrow afternoon. Stroke to center. Cole, with his speed, gets to it easily on the run for the second out. Next up is Manny Lee. Remind you that tonight, when a loving family and successful career were no longer enough, 32-year-old Richard Moore started searching for love in all the wrong places. Tommy will sing the theme song for you later. It's separate vacation. CTV's Sunday movie tonight. Strike one to Manny Lee. Hopefully Tommy will sing that much later after we're off the air. <laughs> oh and two. But Black has a, a special interest, I'm sure, watching in from Edmonton. He has an aunt and uncle live out in Edmonton. He'll be sure to say hello. Yeah, he's got a Canadian connection. He's got a hockey connection, too. His father played on the Pacific Coast Hockey League, led the league in scoring, 1945-46, Harry Black. That's right. You're actually looking at Harry Ralston Black, Jr., not Bud Black. Followed by Manny Lee. Well, he was a real steal. The tribe got him from Kansas City for Pat Tabler, who since has moved along from the Royals as well. That was on June 3rd of 89. He's pitched very well for them. Two and two now. And uh, that's an interesting view of Cleveland walking up there in the wing. who sold him that ticket to the game. <laughs> Standing room only. Just in the second inning, almost foul balls taking a toll on Black. This is 50th pitch, and he misses with three and two to lead. Yeah, you can really tell by watching Bud Black. He's throwing free and easy, but his control just isn't where it normally is. He's working in and out, but he's missing in and out. A lot of full counts, and as you mentioned, a lot of pitches. 
body induces Lee to pop up in the shallow right field. Jerry Brown is back there. He makes the catch. And the Blue Jays are retired in order in the second. Still scoreless in Cleveland, the wind-up game of the weekend. The Blue Jays and the Tribe on the Bats Blue Jays baseball on CTV. No score. Jays have the only hit of the afternoon. C&E Air Show is also on across Lake Ontario, Toronto's lakefront this afternoon. It's a different lineup with Ken Phelps getting a chance. The much-traveled Ken Phelps, Brooke Jacoby, and Carlos Bayarga is playing shortstop today, a switch hitter. Steve walked Cole to start the game. They got him trying to steal, and Brown popped up, and James grounded out. That's ball one to Phelps. Phelps has really been a disappointment when the Indians acquired him. It was at a time when they weren't sure what Keith Hernandez's situation was, how much he'd be able to play. And he's had 55 at-bats since uh, being a Cleveland Indian. He doesn't have an extra base hit or an RBI. And they parked him on the bench uh, until today. He hasn't played since August 24th when he came into the game as a defensive replacement for Anthony. It's his first start since July 29th against the Yankees, his former team. One ball and two strikes to Phelps. Sure, the game isn't that dull. Just following the Oakland A's story a little more closely in the Blue Jays and Indians today. Yeah, reading about the projected team payroll of the Oakland A's if they go ahead and re-sign Willie McGee and Harold Baines. Somewhere in the 30 to 40 million dollar range next year. Popped up for Tony Fernandez. Phelps the first out of the inning. Yeah, these three two Steinbrenner trying to buy a championship team. Probably 20,000 plus here this afternoon in Cleveland. The CTV telecast presented by authority of the Toronto Blue Jays Baseball Club may not be rebroadcast and be born without the express written consent of the Toronto Blue Jays. This is Brooke Jacoby. You know, you talk about those salaries, and when you look at it, uh, Chevy and, and Tommy, 30 to 40 million, how can a place like Cleveland compete with Oakland or Seattle? Exactly, or Kansas City. They have enough high-priced free agents of their own. Very shallow left field, a fly ball taken by Glenn Allen Hill. I mean, the television money, which is very good now, the agreements they have in Major League Baseball, will take you just so far. But here, a lot of empty seats, and this is a good crowd by Cleveland standards today. That's the way it always appears here at this stadium because it holds a little over 80,000. And when they get a crowd of 20, 25,000, it, it still has the appearance of being almost empty. They'll be filled to capacity a week from the day when the Steelers come in to play the Browns. Football, a much different story in this city. Yeah, plans are going ahead. The referendum has passed to build a new facility in downtown Cleveland. This is Carlos Baerga. Came over in the, uh, the deal for Joe Carter on Sandy Alomar. Spent much of the year in the minor leagues, recalled about a month ago. It's played very well. Yeah, I think the time in the minor leagues was well spent by Bayerga. 
came up, didn't do too well his first few appearances with Cleveland. And when they sent him down, he got a chance to play everyday basis. Now since he's come back, he's hit a lot better. He's he was one of the keys in that deal. They wanted him included. Good young player. He's hit a 339 clip since coming back. He's only 21 years of age. Puerto Rico. Chris James also part of that deal. You know, when you think about it, think of the talented young players the Indians received Chris James, Bayerga, Alomar. One of those that you could say worked well for both clubs. Joe Carter is certainly doing the job for San Diego. Almost has another 100 RBI season. He'll get that the next day or so. But the Indians picked up three players who can all be in their lineup and contribute. Like the deal for Franco, they gave him to Texas a couple of years ago. They got three starters out of that, so they made some shoot deals here. And yet, this team can't win. While the Blue Jays worry about the Red Sox, the fans here in the media, as Bayarga takes the walk, worry about whether the Yankees won or lost because of the bottom of the standings. Cleveland is challenging the Yankees for last place. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago the Yankees had a lot on that last place finish, but not so now. Just three games apart, the sixth place Indians. I think Dave right there is just upset. Number one with two outs, nobody on base, walking by Erga. Instead of trying to get a quick inning out of the way, and too sure how he felt about the feel of the baseball. Home plate umpire Drew Coble went out there. Went back and forth, but he finally handed him the ball that he used prior to that. Is steaming and storming on the mat as he is wont to do. Iarga at first base, as you say, the second walk, Steve was issued for Corey Snyder. Snyder in a horrendous. He got a double Friday night, his first extra base hit since August the 14th. A couple of times after that pitch, Dave motioning without throwing the ball with his arm to get on top. He still hasn't found that groove that he likes to find. I asked him if in the past if that was something that the catchers would remind him of. He said really not. He said he, he tries to remember himself. He hopes that Galen Cisco reminds him when he gets in on the bench. Sometimes that's too late though. Good pitch there to go one and two. That's where I think with Pat Borders and Greg Myers as they get more experience you're gonna have to take charge a little bit more back behind the plate go out and tell Dave Steve when he's not getting on top play at second base he's gone the throw is high but they still nail by Argon. the second Indian to be caught stealing after getting a walk from Steve Second time that Pat Borders has uncorked a good throw. A little bit high, but it was in time. He had something on it. So the Tribe is gone here in the home second in Cleveland. And the game remains scoreless on the Basketball Jays baseball on CTV. Well, the only Blue Jay not to appear at the plate until now, Junior Felix, will start the third inning. Scoreless ball game. He'll be followed by the top of the order, Rookie Wilson and Tony Fernandez. Felix on Friday night hit his first home run since July the 8th, the span of 19 games off Jesse Orozco. Big shot it was, about 420 feet. Left center field. 
Junior's had a good series here in Cleveland. Four hits, eight at bats. He pops this one up. They will converge in shallow center field. Full speed gets them there comfortably. One out in the third inning. A cash donation will be made to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation on behalf of the Bats player of the game for Toronto. And by Canon's new Sure Shot, fully automatic with standard lens and the amazing new push button wide angle lens. Don't just get the picture, get the whole wide angle picture with the new Sure Shot. Remember your summer with Canon. Watching Alex Cole on that last ball, it's really so important to have the speed in center field. Being he froze on that ball, didn't pick it up right away, even took a step back. But because of his speed, he was able to regroup and charge in and make the catch. Noki, one of two strikeout victims for Buddy Black this afternoon. He planned to start the game. Pitch misses outside, one on one. That's that little fastball that Black will just tantalize outside. Wants to get a little movement on it. Pops him up. Ruckett's coming on from the third base position to make the catch. Two gone for Tony Fernandez. The high, bright sky here. Not only do you see the sun, you may see an occasional jet go by with the air show going on. A yeah, perfect day for the air show, but not for pulling down those high pop-ups. But the veteran Tom Brookins with glasses down makes the grab. Fernandez with the game's only hit. Single was left at second base in the first inning. And the strike. The eyes of umpire Drew Coble. One and one. You know, it's funny, you get in these ball games, and this time of year when you're playing a ball club, Cleveland has been struggling, and as we have pointed out, they've unloaded the bench. A lot of uh, the non-regulars playing. Well, it's tough to play these games because these guys don't get an opportunity to get out there all that much. They're going to really go hard. Here's Cole coming hard from center field and gets there. Again, that speed, a plus for him on that play. Robin Fernandez of a base hit. It remains scoreless from Cleveland on LeMatt's Blue Jays baseball and CTV. Well, we always play that numbers game this time of year. And you know, looking at the schedule, today prior to today's action if the Red Sox they have 30 games left if they play 515 and 15 the Jays have to go 21 and 8 to win that 90 games which the Red Sox would win going 15 and 15. Well this guy's favorite team the Indians are not going to make it again this year. Long drought continues in Cleveland. The thing you have to tell yourself Chevy as a player at this time of year when you're in the situation the Jays are in you have people and you read where some some have written the team off already, but you have to tell yourself, all right, the Red Sox have won nine straight. They're not going to continue to play that well, or we certainly hope they don't continue to play that well. And you have to tell yourself that you're capable of putting together a string such as that. Corey Snyder swings to strike one. Indeed, the Blue Jays are capable, and it's worth remembering that the whole Boston franchise tradition is based on frustration. Here's a team that manages to blow it later stages of the regular season, the championship season, even the World Series against the Mets as they did in 86. On the downside to that, the Red Sox have played extremely well at home this year, and they have a good majority of their ball games in September at Fenway. 
They have the tough Oakland A's coming in tomorrow to start three. They'll finish off, as we said tonight, a weekend series against the Yankees. Tom Bolton will go against Mike Whitney. That it's hooking foul. The upper deck of huge Cleveland Stadium. Yeah, looking at the Red Sox at home, they're 20 games over 500, 41 and 21. That fan never thought that he would get a souvenir with the seat that he has in this ballgame today. You contrast the Red Sox record at Fenway to the Blue Jays' Skydome. Skydome has not been a comfortable home for the Jays. Comfortable, yes, but not a successful home. 34 and 34 is their record this year. 17-win series for Blue Jays. Well, Dave, Steve has certainly been there before. We'd like to get there and beyond again. Snyder pushing it out of play on the right side. Hold a 2-2. Two two. Yeah, I was talking with Galen Sisko. If you want to look ahead at Dave Steve's rotation for the rest of the year, Galen said he should have at least seven more starts, including today. So six more after today and, and maybe even one more depending upon the situation. He goes what? Four for seven, four for eight and wins. He'll be at the 20 win plateau finally. Three and two to Snyder. Corey today, the number seven hitter, John McNamara. The Indians, I think, have to make a decision on Corey Snyder. He has tailed off over the last couple of seasons. Strikes out here. Strikeouts for Steve today. Snyder's still got the great arm, but he does strike out far too much, and as you say, his production's really tailed off. Yeah, well over 110 strikeouts. That a good slider. And what pitchers have been doing with Corey Snyder, they go up with the fastball because he'll chase the fastball that's out of the strike zone, and then if they're right-handed and have the good slider such as Dave Steve, they'll go away and out of the strike zone with that. Tom Brookins now signed as a free agent with the Indians in December of last year. Former Tiger and Yankee. Prax is back, pushing it down the right side. He'll go back for more lumber. One on two count. Now Brookins, a, a good man to have on a ball club that's in a pennant race, a, a contending club. But when you have that veteran player, utility player, really doesn't do much good when he's playing for a next to last place team. Cleveland Indians certainly didn't plan on that. Their biggest disappointment probably is free agent signings would be Keith Hernandez. The highlight for Brookins, of course, that championship season of 84 with the Detroit Tigers. Personal highlight as he's gunned down here was he stole home on Ron Guidry in 86. Back-to-back strikeouts for Steve. Have him perhaps in that groove he's been looking for. Yeah, that's a good groove because that was the excellent breaking ball. Good release point. You can see the sharpness in the break of that pitch, and that certainly won't go down as one of Brookins' highlights. <laughs> Joel Skinner turns away from a pitch inside to him for ball one. He's acquired for Mel Hall in March of last year from the Yankees. Talk about the position Skinner has been in, backing up the young Sandy Alomar, who probably will win the Rookie of the Year award. He just spot starts. He said his last start was against Clemens. Now here he is this afternoon against Dave Steve. <laughs> Not exactly picking his spots, is it? 
Alomar is. <laughs> He's in control. He's the golfer and Skinner's the caddy. There's no question. There is Sandy Jr. First two innings, Dave Steve struggled, but he has gotten it in a groove here in the third. And we're scoreless through three in Cleveland on the Mats Blue Jays baseball on CTV. Well, it's been a great weekend for the Blue Jay fan club. Uh, about three or four hundred of them from Toronto and area. I see people from Grimsby, Bowmanville, you name it. People who couldn't get tickets up in Toronto come all the way down to Cleveland to watch their Blue Jays win the first two of this three-game series. Lot of fans are all here. <laughs> in full force, speaking in full force, watch these three strikeout pitches. Breaking ball to Snyder, good sharp break. Watch the sharpness of that curveball. Joel Skinner fooled on the curve. So three breaking pitches and all dandies by Dave Steve. Want to know here to Kelly Gruber. Walked in the first inning. Griffin borders to follow. Well, out behind. Yeah, I ran into part of that group. I don't know if these four or five guys were with the Blue Jays fan club group, but five guys from Mississauga rode into the ballpark last night with them. I don't know if they made it home, but if they did, they're out here today. <laughs> Search party will be out for them. Black flags that down, robbing Gruber of a base hit up the middle. One out of the fourth inning. Talk about a groove, Buddy Black's found one too, although he's had to throw far more pitches than Steve since the first inning. Yeah, I think this demonstrates the quality of these two pitchers. I mentioned Dave Steve had struggled in the first two, so has Buddy Black, yet the ball game is scoreless, and they're capable of struggling, yet still getting hitters out. Black's now retired nine straight. Some pitchers that don't have the ability of a Steve or a Black struggle, all of a sudden they find themselves in the hole three or four runs. Control can be a problem for Black, but has not really been today. He's walked just one, starts McGriff off with a strike. In the first inning, McGriff fly to center, ending his string of five consecutive hits. Underway, San Francisco on the Mets 3-1. That's a key game in terms of the East of the National League. In the second inning, 4-1, the Dodgers lead Montreal at the big O in the third. Later on, Red Sox and Yankees, 8 p.m. Eastern. Boston. No score here. And just hooking foul. Griff lately has been spraying shots all over this ballpark here in Cleveland. A shift not too effective in this ballpark against uh, Fred McGriff. It's down and away a ball and two strikes. Well, we mentioned the Expos a moment ago against the Dodgers. They'll be going against the Cubs tomorrow. That game will be on CTV tomorrow afternoon. So check for it in your area.
his first career home run of Buddy Black. Well, we talked on the opening how Fred McGriff can be a, a leader by example, and his example right here is the fastball out over the plate, and this is why he has been able to get that average above 300. He doesn't try to pull it. Oddly enough, most of the balls that he pulls are on the ground. That's why the infield plays the shift, but when he goes the other way, he gets the ball in the air. RBI number 77 and a one nothing lead for the Blue Jays. Pat Borders. That's a foul off himself. We can own two. You know, I had mentioned too earlier that Fred McGriff kind of reminds me of a young Andre Dawson when he was with the Expos and how he, he led by the example because he's quiet by nature and so is Fred McGriff. And I don't think you can make a quiet man be that vociferous type leader like a Mookie Wilson. It, it's, it's just not in their character. Well, in his last seven at bats last night and this afternoon, he has two home runs, three singles, a double, and a very long fly ball to center field. The Indians would be glad to see him get out of town. Orders with a one and two count. And it's nice to see a little renewed excitement on the Blue Jays bench. just come with his fastball. Got a little movement on it. That time he had movement away. He got the strikeout on Pat Borders. 
string of right-handed hitters against him. It's ironic the only left-handed hitter in the lineup. McGriff is the one to burn him with a home run. Hill will try it, but it's going to be fouled. Suddenly, balls off uh, the bats of the Blue Jays from Black's pitchers are going quite a distance. Another strike. 0 and 2. Good curveball there by Black. Stairs one and two. Hill struck out in the second inning. Home run by McGriff broke a string of nine in a row retired by Black, but he starts a new string here, getting Glenn Allen Hill, and he's out of the inning with just the one run. But it's enough to give the Jays the lead on the bat through Jays baseball on CTV. Yeah, a glorious Labor Day weekend to have fun in. Wait, more bugs. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, those the leftovers from the Sky Dome? All those insects that flew in last week. Alex Cole against Steve here to start the Cleveland fourth inning. He walked and then got gunned down by Borders trying to steal. Fifth time this season, Cole has been caught. Steve struck out Snyder. Brookins and Skinner in order. Only three strikeouts of the game in the third. One ball and two strikes. You really notice the difference in Dave Steve last inning and this inning compared with the first two. Getting ahead of the hitters, getting that breaking ball over. Two and two. That's a pitch you have to try to stay away from if you're a left-handed hitter. It's not easy to do. That sharp fighter going down and in. According to third base umpire Tim Welke, Cole did not swing. He held back that time. The count is full. Tuesday night, a horse wrench takes the law to his own hands on Border Town. And later, get ready for hilarious comedy with Roseanne. No, she will not sing the anthem. And radio talk show host Jack Killian continues the search for justice on Midnight Caller here on CTV. Jerry Brown, the Indian second baseman now, popped up to the first baseman with Griffin in the first inning. Jerry Brown has come alive lately, especially since the All-Star break. One-on-one. In 299 last year, he's hit right around 300 since the All-Star break this season to get his average up into the 260s, nearing 270. Line drive contact hitter. Occasional power, five homers last year, couple this season. Talk about Roseanne Barrett involved in a San Diego Padre game the other night and in the San Diego Padre notes the game notes they have a notation that the Padres 
have a record, what their record is since the Roseanne Barr singing of the National Anthem. Hernandez for the second half. Well, has it been a winning record or like Roseanne with her notes that the Padres gone flat? Padres have been flat most of the year, Roseanne or not. Again, battling the tough sky. Tony goes back, has the glasses down, never taking his eye off. That's, you know, it appears to be the easy pop-up, but that is anything but easy on this kind of an afternoon. Two out, the number three hitter, Deion James. Lady grounded out on the first inning. Not only do you look up to try to find the baseball, you see all kinds of other objects coming in. Perhaps it's someone out of the bullpen. Or some politician running in somebody else's area in the next election. 0-2. Oh James, who mentioned earlier, does hit Dave Steve very well. Not this time. That's the fourth strikeout for Sir David. He's now retired six in a row through four. One-nothing lead over the Indians intact on LeBath Blue Jays baseball on CTV. When you're nine years old and you get a baseball like that, you want to run pretty quickly so a big kid doesn't take it from you. <laughs> <laughs> and then go show all your friends, look what I got. <laughs> well, the Jays have got a one-nothing lead as they hit on the fifth inning, the bottom third of the order. And Williams to start it. The foul. Williams, Lee, and Felix for Toronto. Rip home run, one out of the fourth, the difference of the ball game. Outside, Buddy Black, one on one. You know, you can see why Bud Black has been a consistent pitcher over the years. The 17 game winner in 1984, Kansas City, but he has a nice motion. A little bit off in his control today because of the time in between starts, the 12 days. But he's right around there and keeps his ball club in games. He, he will be well sought after. Just outside. Birdie speculation really makes sense. You think about it. He's been so tough on the Jays. They have personal painful knowledge of the efficiency of Bud Black. Would love to have him. Yeah, if you acquire the Jays were lucky enough to sign a Bud Black. For second base, James up with it. A leadoff double for the Blue Jays center fielder. Oh, Kenny Williams getting an opportunity to be in the ball game as a starter. It's a little more comfortable with each at bat. Pitch hung out over the plate. And Williams just hangs it down the left field line. Just fair. That padding on the walls here in Cleveland. Played well by Deion James, the left fielder. The point I was trying to make about Bud Black, should the Jays be lucky enough to acquire him, it gives them some flexibility now with left-handed starting pitching. Because you certainly wouldn't go with Wells, Cerruti, Key, and Bud Black. You wouldn't have four left-handers in your starting rotation. So it gives you an opportunity to move someone, maybe move somebody in the bullpen, maybe move somebody in a trade. Manny Lee getting with Williams at second base. Nobody out. And with a job, he's down the line. That's going to score the second run easily. Lee's on his way to second. Williams passing the plate. 2-0 Toronto. 
back-to-back doubles to start the fifth inning. Sometimes by being successful when you have a job to do will enhance you the next time you come up in that situation. Manny Lee just trying to hit the ball the other way to move Williams over to third. Not only does the job, he moves him all the way into score and picks up a two-base hit. He's in second for Junior Felix. Well, a job well done by Manny Lee. This is 36 to run batted in. Felix fly to center field in the third. And Junior, having been in the on-deck circle watching Manny Lee, should go up there with that same thought in mind. He has to do the same thing, but he didn't show it on that last swing. There he goes. 0-2. Well, a reminder again, the Cubs and Expos tomorrow, Labor Day, and Wednesday, Blue Jays and Tigers in Detroit. Check for the times in your area for those two ball games coming up on CTV. Cito Gasson certainly not trying to look ahead. He wants this game here, but talking about the Tigers where they, they've been a hot ball club. They've been scoring a lot of runs. The Jays are going to miss Jack Morris. Gave you the pitching rotation earlier. They're going to face Terrell, Tanan, and Parker the way things are set up now. Felix much prefers right-handed pitching. Makes it high from the southpaw black, two and two. Junior Felix, even with two strikes, I actually thought he was trying to hit that ball the other way and hit it deep enough into right center field, and that enabled Manny Lee to get over there from second base. So Felix has the job done with Lee at third, one out. Mookie Wilson, the hitter. Yeah, it does a lot of things. One, it makes it easier to score from third, the obvious, but it brings the infield in. Cleveland now comes in with Mookie Wilson up and one down. Mookie in the last seven games hitting 200, that's not the whole story for him. He's hitting on the second half catalyst again for the Jays. Got three tens as the All-Star. You know, he just shakes his head when people ask him. He just continues to say, I've always been a better second half ball player. doesn't end in March. It continues through April, May, June. You know, the thing that I remember him telling me that impressed me in spring training, that he works on a lot in the wintertime. Doesn't swing the bat. Doesn't really work too much that way. He works constantly on his legs. And I think especially when you get into your early 30s, mid-30s, it's the most important part of a player, and that's what he works on all winter. And so the legs are in shape by spring training. He feels everything else will fall into place.
tie two and two. You talk to almost any athlete in any sport as they get toward the twilight years of their career. The thing that concerns them is the leg starting to go. This is the 100th pitch for Buck Black. And it is a ground ball. He will handle easily. It's Rod Wilson for the second out and frees Lee at third base. But with the infield in, that's what Black wanted. The chopper somehow in the infield. Wasn't necessarily thinking back to him. It seemed, look, took that little peek to third just to make sure Manny Lee wasn't going. And then recorded the out. Tony Fernandez is one for two. He singled off Black with one out on the first inning. And fly to center in the third. A little bit high on the judgment of Drew Coble. 4-1. You know, we've talked about Bud Black, but he has a good battery made back there, even though Sandy Alomar is not in the lineup. The Indians don't lose much defensively with Joel Skinner back there. He is one of the better defensive catchers in baseball. He lacks some with his offense, but he calls a good game. Pitchers enjoy pitching to him, and he has a strong throwing arm. McNamara has seen the Jays come in after Boston swept them for the first time here in 23 years. All Toronto has done is score 22 runs to this point. The fifth inning of the wind-up game of the series. Just driving McNamara crazy here. He had a chance, maybe not to get into first place, but to salvage things with the big homestand, the Red Sox and the Jays. They haven't won a game. It ends today, and they're over six. comes into play here at Cleveland Stadium. Pretty soon it'll creep just in front of the plate area. And, you know, you think about that. You go up there to hit and you're standing in the shade that you have to peer out into the brightness. A little adjustment for the eyes. Well, the Indians not really adjusted very well against Dave Steed. He takes a no-hitter to the fifth inning against Ken Phelps, Brooke Jacoby, and Carlos Bayarga. Well, Phelps broke up a no-hitter, broke up a perfect game. Back on April 20th, Brian Holman of the Seattle Mariners, Phelps at that time with Oakland, hit a home run, pitch hit home run. Or Fred McGriff, play he will make unassisted. 
one out of the Cleveland fifth inning. We'll pause for the word now. Here's an exciting way to add to your enjoyment of baseball and at the same time help strike out iliitis and colitis. Call the toll-free trivia number listed on your screen to make your contribution. Play baseball trivia and receive a free gift. Brooke Jacoby next. He fly the left field. There's only a time up today. Now seven straight. Retired by Steve. The walk to Bayerga in the second inning. A ball a strike to Brooke Jacoby. As I said earlier, looking and feeling more comfortable over at first base all the time. This veteran third baseman making the move. Hernandez may be out for the rest of the year. Virus he's contracted has kept him down. And Hernandez has had all kinds of problems. Leg problems. Now a virus. There was even some talk in the paper today or in Cleveland that the Indians are thinking about just eating the second year of his two-year guaranteed contract. They don't know what at 37 years of age Hernandez can add to their ball club. Amazing thing. I think we were talking about earlier one of their, their biggest flops this year. A lot of people question why a team such as Cleveland would, would sign a, a player at his age to a two-year guaranteed contract. Well, the kind of money they were dishing out. Million and something. Jacoby is the fifth strikeout victim for Steve, who gets his second out of the fifth inning. Well, Dave has it going. We've talked about it after struggling with that release point a couple of innings. Now he's throwing it well. That was a pitch. Jacoby actually thought that ball was going to break a little bit more over the plate. Here the, the term of backup slider. That pitch stayed inside. Jacoby was looking for it to break, and it didn't. Base runners were given walks. Cole and this man, Carlos Baerga, they were both erased and throws to second base constantly. You know, the other thing about Hernandez, he'd been coming off a, an injury plague year his last year with the Mets as well. So it wasn't as if he were coming off a strong season. Strange move. Just a great agent. Oh, and two to Baerga. Chevrier with you on a delightful day at Cleveland Stadium. Temperature in the low 80s, light breeze, middle of a long and glorious Labor Day weekend. The Blue Jays, they're working on a sweep over the tribe. They lead 2-0. Kelly Gruber into left field. Now James will come over a couple of steps. The ball might never come down. I join the air show and stay for the afternoon. As this inning starts, Bud Black having thrown a lot of pitches, having not thrown in a while, his last start on August 20th. 
Steve Olin, right-hander, warming up now for Cleveland. So if he gets in any kind of trouble early in this inning, I'm sure John McNamara will make the move. And this might be his last inning anyway, even if he breezes through. Yeah, he's throwing 107 pitches, so the count is getting up there for his first start back. But he remains effective. He gets Fred McGriff to ground out, the guy who homered off him last time. Well, mind you, a cash donation is made to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation on behalf of the Labatt's player of the game for Cleveland and by Poulan Pro World Class Chainsaws. They combine the best in Swedish, U.S., and Canadian design and engineering. Durability and quality at the right price. Poulan Pro. Again, borders in the left field for James. Very quickly, Black gets out of that inning. The Blue Jays six. But the Jays still hold the edge 2-0 on the Bats Blue Jays baseball and CTV. Well, we have no signs of seeing it broken today, but wonder what the record is for both pitchers used by both teams in the same inning. Half a dozen, seven. Say three or four by each team. Maybe. Total of eight. Wow. Five of the Dodgers, three of the Mets in 87. In a less than well-pitched game, obviously. A game that was loved by the advertisers. We talked about Bud Black last inning going out there with Steve Olin warming up. Now, he only threw three pitches, but he hung a pitch to Kelly Gruber that he just missed. A long fly ball to Pat Borderson was a hanging breaking ball. Now, I think Black's going to stay out there and work. But I'm surprised. I think this is a time where John McNamara has to say, okay, you've given me enough, six good innings, and then go to his bullpen. Now, Dave Steve takes his no-hit game into the sixth inning for the bottom third of the order. Corey Snyder, Tom Brookins, and Joel Skinner with a strike to Snyder. He's fanned five along the way. Corey was one of those back in the third inning. He's two strikes to him here. And he has really set a good pattern. There's that backup slider. That ball came inside to Corey Snyder. Number one, he's surprised with the pitch. Number two, he was surprised it was a called strike. Again, defense gave him a big boost. The only two to get on were erased on stolen base attempts. He strikes out Snyder there. That's half a dozen. Ten in a row retired by Steve. It's a pitch Snyder's been looking for. It's a frustration of a hitter. After he has a pitch called on him that he's not sure it was a strike, he thinks it was a bad call. Now he strikes out on a fastball. It was a pretty good pitch to hit. But who does he blame? He turns around and blames home plate umpire Drew Coble for putting him in that 0-2 hole and not being ready for that fastball. Got to blame somebody, huh? Brookins takes strike one. Steve is really on top of this game right now. Jumping ahead of every hitter. Working quickly as he likes to do. Just a little high, one and one. You look at him, he's got that obvious confidence now. He can throw every pitch for strikes. You know, and as you well know, everybody that has watched him over the years, ever the perfectionist. And in talking to him before the game, mentioned that, well, through the ball game you had against the Red Sox, pretty good. Now nah, I didn't throw well in that one. I've really been struggling with this release point. Well, he's not struggling with it only for the first couple of innings today. Blue Jay fans numbering in the thousands here in Cleveland this afternoon. Cheering Steve now with every pitch as he works the 2-2 to Brookins. And Brookins just did hold back to run it full.
Cole walked to start the game. Baerga walked in the second with two out. Both caught stealing by Borders. And here, a strikeout for Brookins, number seven for Steve. Well, the Jays have never had a no-hitter. They've had 11 one-hitters, and believe me, this ballpark owes Dave Steve a no-hit game. One of his one-hitters, perhaps the most heartbreaking, came here at a bad hop at second base. Ball that should have been a routine out for the final out of the game, and the no-hitter hopped into right field instead, September 24th, 88. Second baseman that day, Julio Franco, just shook his head and said he couldn't believe it. He got the hit up. Strike one to Joel Skinner. The other interesting thing about the Blue Jays pitching, they've had seven shutouts. Six of those shutouts this year have been combined. Dave Steve with the only shutout, nine innings. They're waving at almost everything he throws now. A weak strike there by Joel Skinner. So far, the bottom third of the order, Snyder, Brookins, and Skinner are 0 for 5 with five strikeouts. And if Steve makes the pitch he wants, it'll be 0 for 6. One and two. Good pitch, though. See Pat Borders move outside, wanted the fastball right there off the plate. See if Skinner would chase it. They put it right in his middle. He has struck out the side for the second inning in this game. He did it also in the third. He runs his K total to eight as the Indians' frustration mounts and Steve's confidence builds. 2 nothing Toronto. I'm a bass. Blue Jays baseball on CTV. Difference in pattern here by Dave Steve to strike out the side. He gets Corey Snyder with the fastball and then goes back to that hard breaking pitch to next retire Tom Brookins. The next victim was Joel Skinner. Went out on the hill here. Jacoby off the bag. Brookins at third base did well just to get to the ball. Never mind the throw, and Hill gets a single. Nice play by Brookins, 37-year-old veteran, but a base hit all the way by Glenn Allen. Even though the ball was knocked down by Tom Brookins, Glenn Allen had it beat easily. Blair now, the right-handed, is back from Syracuse. The left-hander, John Cerruti, the veteran, is throwing just in case. Steve showing no signs of weakness. I think just throwing just to get some work. Obviously, yeah. Ken Williams. Now the second goes Hill as the ball escapes the grasp of Skinner. Keep in mind, we talked about that last inning for Bud Black, how he had such an easy inning, even though John McNamara was thinking about taking him out. Here he uncorks a breaking ball that gets away from Skinner. He retired the side last inning. Tommy, the reason Three pitches, why. Now he's back out. There. Yeah, the reason why I think he's left Black in is because the bullpen has been getting killed lately. So he's going to let Black go as long as he possibly can. A sound move in terms of the team, you're the situation, but not in terms of Buddy Black. That's a wild pitch charge, too, by the way. Yeah, Olin is back up. You know, the bullpen's been getting killed, but so are the starters in their six game losing streak. The starters have an earned run average of over seven. So I think McNamara is also just pleased to see a starter go out there and throw the ball well. So as Blue Jays, this is when you need to take advantage and try to jump on Black right here, at least get one more run. It sprays it right in the souvenir again for this crowd. We've seen Kenny Williams 
on occasion try to bunt and drop down bunts. Again, a situation for the Jays where a hitter's trying to move that runner from second to third. Williams probably more proficient at bunting than he is at swinging and sending the ball that way. Two balls and a strike. does the job. Even though the ball isn't to the right side, the ball is behind the runner. And when you get a good jump from second base, that ball being hit up the middle the way it was, you can just dance over, walk over to third easily. Well, Ken Williams does the job. And again, the Blue Jays have a chance. Mookie Wilson had an opportunity to pick up that runner from third with less than two out. Couldn't do it. Now Manny Lee has the opportunity. He drove home Williams with the Blue Jays' second run of the fifth inning. McGriff's homer in the fourth made it one nothing. the minimum. 18 hitters through six innings. One and one to lead. This is that situation as a hitter with the infield in, runner third, less than two out. You have to, to look for a pitch in a certain zone, a pitch that you can drive into the outfield and pick up a sacrifice fly and get that run in. situation that Bud Black has gotten the hitter to hit the little tapper back to him. He's made the hitter hit his pitch. He rushed it one back to the mound in the fifth inning. And so even though Black has thrown a lot of pitches, he runs that slider in on the hands. It's about the best thing that Manny Lee can do with it, just tap it back to the mound. So Black does his job right there. Coming up on 120 pitches now, he'll face Junior Felix. These are those situations that hurt. Even though the Jays lead two to nothing, they've had a couple of chances already. It could be a four nothing lead. If Steve's hot hand holds, the two would be enough, surely. But you never know. They cut by Felix for strike two. He's in the hole over two. Two strikes. 
bit comfortable and ready in. So Olin's ready or no longer needed for the time being. He stopped throwing in the Cleveland 10. Now Black wants to communicate to Skinner on the signal. Well, once he's ahead in the count, the way he is, one and two to Junior Felix, but Black wants to make sure that he and Skinner are on the same, same wavelength to make the right pitch get out of the inning. the seventh inning is no hitter intact at the top of the Cleveland order. He has walked just two. Cole got one of those walks to start the game. By Erga the other, they were both erased and attempted steals. And since the walk to Bayerga, he is retired and even does in succession. You can tell what he has working for him. Just one fly ball out to the outfield. That is ball one. He's within one strikeout of his season high nine. His career high is 12 against the Chicago White Sox. August 22nd, 88. One and one to Alex Cole. These are the types of hitters that put pressure on a, a pitcher and the infield when a no hitters being pitched because you know as an infielder that Cole's going to get down the line quickly and you're going to have to hurry with the play. Strike two. Orland has completed his mission down in the bullpen for the Indians, and Jesse Orozco is up. Pitch misses down and in 2-2. Two -two. Strikes for Cole. Just gets a piece. I tell you what, that sharp breaking ball this afternoon, Dave Steve has really been in on the hands to all the left-handed hitters and then occasionally away with a fastball, but most of the time he has been busting everything inside to the lefty. He misses three and two. in Detroit. Should be a good one Wednesday night right here on CTV. Tigers lead the American League and run scored. Notice on that 3-2 pitch, Dave just decided to go with the fastball, and he did. Made Cole make the out. He'll be able to play left side in the bat of Jerry Brown. He's popped up twice to first and short. really a key inning. 
you don't know if these things go through pitchers minds but these three hitters. So there we got the bad bounce in 88 but it was kind of Manny Lee and Steve there for the second out. Yeah after what happened in 88 you don't want to say a routine ground ball to second base. But talking about the three top hitters left handers guys with speed guys who can flare a ball. Once Dave gets through that part, now he has some bigger hitters that are more susceptible to the strikeout. Not to say it's going to be any easier, but different type hitters. Deion James, the hitter now with two out, has hit well against Steve, but has gone over two today. He's grounded out and struck out. He looks that he do right center field. But Ken Williams is there. Steve has gone to seven with his no-hit game intact. Stay with us on the Bats Blue Jays baseball on CTV. Here is the X-Men and Dodger Jesse Orozco to pick it up finally for tired Buddy Black. He threw over 120 pitches this afternoon. Orozco appeared on Friday and yielded the Junior Felix monstrous home run into center field. Well, Jesse Orozco now in his second year as a member of the Cleveland Indians. They signed him back in 1988. And again, we talked about Mookie Wilson feeling comfortable with the Jets above the air show on the lake. Jesse very comfortable out there. Went through that same problem at Shea Stadium and probably his best moments as a pitcher in 1986. He's a member of that world champion New York Met team. You know, the U.S. Tennis Open is on right now, and uh, that really drives the tennis players crazy. They apparently have changed the flight pattern now, so that's not as much of a problem as it always has been. Jesse Orozco with a fastball and a good hard breaking pitch, mainly two pitch pitcher. Look at this. The Navy is airborne at the Cleveland Stadium. Speaking of Mookie Wilson, former Met teammates going at it right here. Roscoe to Wilson. Fernandez and Gruber to follow in the Blue Jay 8. The 2 nothing lead and a no-hitter. And it works for Dave Steen. Sky still was able to make the catch. Well, the Yankees can still be toppled. They haven't shown that against the Red Sox this weekend, losing 15-1 yesterday. It'll be in, in September as the Roscoe throws one away. About to start for Andy Hawkins was the pitcher who got blasted in that ball game against Boston yesterday at Fenway. Gave up an inside the park home run when a shot out in the right field caught. Jesse Barfield with a pull muscle. He couldn't recover, couldn't get to the ball and make the play Andy Hawkins has had three starts at Fenway Park, has totaled one inning in the three starts. 13 hits and 18 runs. Will not be willing to go to Boston for his postseason vacation. No, he will not even make the trip next year, wherever he is. <laughs> 
ball and two strikes to Fernandez. Heading with one gone on the Blue Jay eighth inning. And it's upstairs two and two. The heart, such as it is, of the Cleveland order awaits Steve in the eighth inning. Phelps, Jacoby, and by Ergen. And then to the bottom third, Snyder, Brookins, and Skinner to accomplish his dream this afternoon. And then keep in mind, of the bench players, even though some are regulars, the only left-hander would be switch hitter, Mitch Webster. Single for Fernandez with one out. Tony has gone two for four this afternoon. Tony took a big turn at first base after driving this ball hard into the outfield. He wanted to put a little pressure on Alex Cole, but Cole came up. Fired it in quickly because of the big turn by Ergas saw it. Looked it over to first, see if he could catch Tony going back. So he's there for Kelly Gruber, who walked in the first inning, but hasn't been able to pick up on his success of last night. His home run and double. He's grounded out of the flat out since the walk. Roscoe, soft toss to Jacoby. When Dave Steve, well, he might appreciate the extra run or two. He wouldn't mind if this inning ends quickly. He can get right back to work. Blue Jays banter on many of these CTV stations. Check board where you live. Dave's complete the road trip through Cleveland and Detroit. And head back for the White Sox in the Sky Dome. as a left-hander basically pitches the way Dave Steve does to left-handed hitters. Roscoe doing it to the right-handers. That big breaking ball tries to run it inside and then he'll utilize his fastball working it in and out. He struck out four in his two of the third innings of Friday night against the Jays but did give up the junior Felix home run. Joel Skinner and his ability to throw. 
just keeping Fernandez honest. Oh, that snap throw. There goes Fernandez, and here's the throw from Skinner. Plenty of time to get Tony. Two gone. Good day for base dealers this afternoon. No, it hasn't been. The strong arm of Skinner. Look at that throw. Something on it. No chance for Tony Fernandez. In his limited time, Joel Skinner now has tossed out eight of 17. And Gruber strikes out. Just like that, the inning is over. Focus squarely on Dave Steve. Phelps, Jacoby, and by Erga scheduled to face them in the Cleveland 8 on the Vance Blue Jays baseball on CTV. It is no longer just a question of Dave Steve looking for a 17th victory. He has another opportunity for a no-hitter in the 8th inning. Ken Phelps, Brooke Jacoby, and Carlos by Erga and the Indians scheduled to try to disrupt that. We talked earlier about Dave's longest outing this year, that shutout back on... May 28th against the Oakland Athletics. Also mentioned earlier that Ken Phelps broke up a no-hitter earlier in the season. Hasn't done much since. That was his last and only home run this year. Home run against Brian Holman, not only to break up the no-hitter, the perfect game, but the shutout. He's popped up and he is grounded out. All one. What Dave has been able to do with that breaking pitch today is really tie up the left-handed hitters. None of them have been able to get the arms extended and get anything on the ball. One and one. That pitch he left out in a dangerous area. Phelps had a pretty good rip. Nine no-hitters in history thrown against the Indians. Len Barker threw a perfect game against the Blue Jays in this park on May 15th at 81. Foul ball, one and two. Phelps has had a couple of decent rips on those last two pitches. The one breaking ball out over the plate. That last one a little more on the inner half, but still a good swing by the veteran. means he's now behind on the count, so advantage Steve. See the concentration of Steve, he's not bothered at all, at all by those F-15s. Phelps stepped out, Steve is ready to go. He's flying higher than they are, two and two. on base the Indians bring the tying run to the plate. Phelps will. The third walk issued by Steve. As you say, 
yes, a no-hitter. It's still going, but uh, the ball game far from decided as Jacoby brings the tying run to the plate. And Steve will make his 100th pitch to Jacoby into center field. There's a lot of room out there for Ken Williams. One out. Hey, you, you tend to forget also about the two opportunities that the Blue Jays had successfully getting the runner from second to third, but unsuccessfully getting that runner in with less than two out. So instead of a 4-0 lead, it's 2-0. And the Indians, by getting that run on, as I mentioned, get the tying run to the plate. Yeah, they had two chances of that. Didn't do it. They've left four on the afternoon. Carlos Baerga. He walked, got a race, tried to steal. And then grounded up to the grip of the fifth inning. Strike one. The other thing that hurts with that runner at first base, Baerga up there has that hole on the right side. Is McGriff holding Phelps, but now Freddie's going to move behind because Phelps is not a steal threat. Fred goes behind to try to fill that hole up a little bit. Yeah, they cut down the distraction factor a little bit. Steve not worrying about him too much. That is in left field. Hill giving chase near the line, and he takes the ball for the second out. Steve now is four outs away from a no-hitter. And the hitter is Corey Snyder. Struck out twice. In fact, the bottom third of the order, Snyder, Brookins, and Skinner, has each banned twice this afternoon. Snyder still talking with home plate umpire Drew Coble. Remember the second strike to Snyder's last time up, he questioned the call of Coble and then struck out swinging on the next pitch and still looked back at the up. So he hasn't forgotten about it. May not get him any new consideration here either. The only way you're going to help yourself is if you go up there and, and say, yeah, I saw the replay. They told me it was a pretty good pitch. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> Try to get him back on your side. Don't think he did that. Snyder sends it up in the left field, but well within range of hell. Coming in for the ball and taking it. Steve takes another no-hit bid to the ninth inning here in Cleveland. Don't go away. We'll get right back to you on the Match Blue Jays baseball on CTV. Now, quite a story unfolding at Cleveland Stadium, this beautiful Labor Day weekend Sunday afternoon. The Toronto Blue Jays leading the Indians 2-0, trying to sweep the series. Dave Steed, one more time, taking a bid for a no-hitter into the ninth inning. I think the other exciting fact of this ballgame is that there's so many Blue Jays fans here in Cleveland, having made the trip down for the weekend. Just waving to my boys from Mississauga down here. <laughs> <laughs> wearing a Ranger hockey sweater. Don't go. Steve has a no-hitter going. <laughs> a Griff ducks away from ball one. He homered in the fourth. One for three. It was his 30th of the year. Roscoe continues to work for the Indians. I'm McGriff 2 0. I think a lot of players can learn something last night watching Fred McGriff hit against the knuckleball pitcher Tom Candiotti. He has a good approach to that type of pitcher. That's 3 0. Obviously, it's more comfortable to Fred because he normally has the spread out stance, but there are some hitters who, against the knuckleball pitcher, will spread out a little bit further than they normally do. 
cut down a little bit on the stride. Three and one to McGriff. Obviously, green light flashing in his eyes. gave the green light all the way to Fred. He had a 3-0 because he knew against the left-hander he'd have a chance to see some fastballs from Orozco once Orozco fell behind. Watch his power by Fred McGriff. Leaning back, not coming up too much with the upper body and good extension. He knew all the way that that one was gone. And so is Orozco. So it will be Steve Olin who was warming up earlier coming into the game. Right-hander, third pitcher of the afternoon for McNamara's Indians. Olin called up last July toward the uh, end of the season, the end of July, getting 23 saves leading the Pacific Coast League in Colorado. Then he struggled. Made this team again this year, and he's performing in a somewhat spotty Cleveland bullpen here in 1990. 4-14 earned run average. He'll warm up, and we'll take a trip down the SO Road to Excellence. The SO Road to Excellence with. Think about that on the road to excellence. Well, we have had several of those stops this afternoon. Eight of them, as a matter of fact, for Dave Steve. Yeah, eight times we've been able to put that K down there. And we're going to get back to Freddie McGriff as Dave Steve just sits there and thinks. No one's going to talk to him right now. But Freddie, with that home run, the way he has performed over the last couple of months of the season, he hasn't gotten a lot of help, especially the last week or so from Kelly Gruber. George Bell's been out of the lineup. A lot of clubs have been pitching around him. If you remember that Boston series, they did not want to be hurt by Fred McGriff. They pitched around him a lot. Pat Borders drives a shot of the gap. Coming over to cut it off is Deion James. He can't handle the ball. Borders hesitates. Then will head for second base safely. It'll probably give James an error. Borders stopping content with a single. And James had trouble with the ball. He took one more base. Yeah, Pat was really content, and I question his, his thought there. Because the ball was into the gap, because James is a left-handed thrower, had to backhand that ball, Pat was really content with the single. And once he saw the ball bobble, instead of taking that big aggressive turn, once he saw it bobble, then he took off for second. That's how they scored, single and an error to the left fielder on the extra base. So he's the second, nobody out for Glenn Allen Hill. Gays lead 3-0, side armor Olin gets it right back to the Toronto Hill, but over to third, goes Borders for the third time today with one out, the Jays have a runner at third base. Well, a reminder again that the Expos and Cubs took up on the Bats Expos baseball tomorrow afternoon on the holiday. So check for the start time in your area. It's a 1.30 Eastern start. 
That's great to see the execution so far, at least on the front end of this play. Three times, as you mentioned, the Jays have been able to move that runner from second to third. And Williams, today's center fielder, takes it high, ball one. Olin doesn't walk that many. He's walked just 18 while striking out 45, about 64 innings of work. Normally, Cito Gaston might make a move here to bring on a left-hander to try to get this run, but I think Cito wants to keep his best defensive club in the lineup. Knocked down by Bayerga, and he takes care of Kenny Williams. Two outs, so again, the Jays fail to capitalize with a fly ball at least to score a man with one out from third. Ball hit hard by Kenny, but a good play by Bayerga. And what Cito's thinking, he's thinking ahead, and he knows that by leaving Kenny Williams in the lineup, though he almost comes through and picks up the RBI here, if not for Bayerga. By leaving Williams in the lineup, he has a good defensive outfield with Hill, Williams, and in right field, Junior Felix. So some good speed out there. This is Manny Lee. He drove in the Jays' second run with a double in the fifth inning. On the heels of the two base hit by Williams. Olin, 1-0 to Lee. Corners of third, two out. Scheduled the 8-9-1 hitters, Tom Brookins, Joel Skinner, and Alex Cole. Two and one to Manny Lee. Your tendency against a pitcher such as Steve Olin, who throws that sinking fastball, is to pull off. That's what Manny Lee has done the last two times. Send Steve back to work in search of, for him a lifetime elusive no-hit game. The Blue Jays have never had one. Will this be the day? Stay with us on the bats. Blue Jays baseball at CTV. Well, Dave Steve has had it all going this afternoon. He has issued just three walks. Two of those were a race trying to steal. Ken Phelps left in the eighth inning, having walked the lead off. He's going to face uh, some new people, though, because John McNamara had most of his starters. His regulars on the bench. He could use them to pinch it here in the ninth inning. Yeah, he's going to have Chris James and Candy Maldonado to face this inning. James will probably go up and hit first for Tom Brookins. But Dave, Steve, you go back to those first two innings. He walked the leadoff man. Alex Cole was thrown on by Pat Borders. And then with two out in the second inning, he was upset with himself and he walked Carlos Bayerga. But again, he was helped out by Borders as Bayerga was caught trying to steal. Eight this year. Well, Holland, the most recent with the Phillies a couple of weeks ago. We have the good fortune to televise one of those from the Sky Dome and Dave Stewart. No hit the Jays. Can Dave Steve do it this afternoon for the ninth of 1990? It's the fourth time in his magnificent career that Steve has taken a no-hitter into the ninth inning. The second time here in Cleveland. Chris James hitting for Tom Brookins. Ball one. And James, normally the everyday player, a 300 hitter. A ball to strike to him. Steve has struck out eight. None since the sixth inning when he fanned the side. He's done that twice today. You know what's going through Steve's mind. He knows the position he's in. The hitters coming off the bench, they're fresh. They've been watching him the entire game. 
James gets a piece, holding a one and two. And through it all, think about the thoughts going through Pat Borders' head. He's never handled a no-hitter in the major leagues. So a lot of pressure on that man right there as well. No Blue Jay catcher ever has. High two and two. Last inning or so, and Dave has missed. It has been on the high side. In fact, getting higher and higher as he goes along. James into left field. Tracking over is Glenn Allen Hill. There is room. There's the out. One guy. The last three outs have been by Hill. And here are the no-hitters of 1990. Well, I think a lot of people remember the Nolan Ryan. Alito Perez's was a shortened no-hitter, a rain-shortened game. You know, I look back at this ball game, and there really hasn't been a tough play. Most of the eight strikeouts, most of the outs have been routine variety. Here is the power of Candy Maldonado, a 76 RBI man for the Indians. He takes a wild swing at strike one. Maldonado hitting for the catcher, Joel Skinner. 3-0 Cleveland. Or 3-0 Toronto in Cleveland. Up with the face of Maldonado. 1-1. One one. You're just excited, too. It really is exciting. <laughs> you don't get this opportunity. You do not. Very often. Dave still hitting spot, so Borders outside. Wanted the pitch there. Dave gave it to him. See Pat saying, keep it down. And he chops it by to go two and two. That's good to see Pat Borders back there taking charge in that manner. He's into this, too. He's motioning to Dave, who, who you pointed out, has had a few pitches up. He said, keep that ball down. Borders has become a very, very good catcher. on everybody the defense the infielders the outfielders the outfielders don't want to not pick up a ball hit their direction and misplay it the infielders want to handle ground balls there is pressure on everybody in blue jay colors right here he's an out away maldonado on the 113th pitch thrown by steve becomes the second out at his face, he swings through it. Not exactly where Dave wanted it because Pat had set up outside, but he ran the fastball up and in and got Maldonado to chase it. So for the fourth time, he takes it to this stage. Two out in the ninth inning for the second time here in Cleveland. Alex Cole, the scheduled hitter from center field, will face him. He is twice grounded out, and he is walked today. And Steve starts in with ball one. And you have to be alive for a punt because he has tremendous speed. Showed Bond on the second pitch the last time he was up, and then pulled back with it. Ball two. He's walked three this afternoon. Cole was one of them to start the ball game. Two have been a race, caught stealing. 
He walks him. His fourth pass of the day. Brown is over three. He's popped up twice and grounded out. Fortunately, the Blue Jays have enough of a lead. We talked about it before with Phelps at first base. Now, Cole is at first, the speedster. But Fred McGriff, because the Jays have a 3-0 lead, is going to play back to fill up that hole with the lefty up there. Ball one. Steve in search of control at this critical juncture has thrown five balls in a row. Six behind him. He needs one more out. Strike one. One and one. Easily over the second base goes Cole. Nobody paying attention to him. But his run alone doesn't matter in this game. Jays lead 3-0. Toronto Blue Jay history recorded here in Cleveland this afternoon.